Hello and welcome to Slycast, the podcast where we discuss the entire filmography of Mr. Sylvester Stallone. I'm Craig Cohen, and on this episode I have with me Jeff Ferry. Like, like it's good to talk to you there, uh, Craig. <laughs> and Mike Kunda. Rocking it from Pennsylvania. How's nice. everybody doing? Very, very good. And uh, unfortunately, Jeff Hewlett's not able to be with us on this recording. And uh, I know last time you guys got together, it was at, without me. Um, but I assure you, we're eventually going to find a time where all our schedules sync up and we're going to talk the specialist. I know Mike's very excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see how many times we can make Mike watch it without recording. <laughs> this, this is torture. This is just worse than listening. Let's just move on. Okay. Well, while you're in a down mood, Mike, I'm going to remind you of something that happened two years ago that I know uh, soured your mood a little bit, and then we're going to move on. But uh, we thought it would be fun for this episode for us to just get get together and get in touch with uh, with you Craig, guys. You're breaking and- up. I can't hear you. What testing? One, two. I'm not going to be here for this part of the call. <laughs> well, I have to set up the episode, Mike. Go ahead. Go ahead. So uh, we know that that Sly's been to the Oscars uh, a bunch of times, and what we thought we'd do this uh, episode is go over our list of Sylvester Stallone performances that in uh, another climate or another universe or another reality might have been award-winning. And one of the rules that we set for ourselves here was we weren't allowed to pick a Rocky movie or a Rambo movie um, to eliminate redundancy in lists. And forgive my dogs. Um, they're, they're growling at the outside. Um, so uh, that was our concept. And um, I, I hope you like that, Mike, because I was able to sort of avoid where I was going. Craig, I just put the headset back on. Did you say something? I might have missed. All right. It sounds like you're, it sounds like you're onto something. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we each pick five movies. Uh, we haven't discussed this beforehand. So, uh, Jeff, do you want to uh, jump in and, and give us uh, – your five picks? All right. Ah, uh, sure. I can do that. I have my five picks. I also have two honorable mentions. You want me to give those first or at the end? Uh, let's save those for the end. Okay. All right. No problem. Um, I will admit, it, it was it's very difficult to go through the Stallone list and do a top five without the Rocky and Rambos because they just they just pop out there. You're like, well, that'd be my one-two. It doesn't matter. what You could pick a couple different movies, but they're your one-two probably. Yeah. I'm like, all right. So he worked around that. My number five, number five, I, got, I think was the hardest one. I had a couple different movies slotted in there, depending on my mood. And I will be honest, the top five list probably says a lot more about me than it does about Stallone. Because <laughs> <laughs> at some point, it's tough to just be like, well, I just love that performance. So I'm going to pick that one. Uh, so number five, this is my long shot. Uh, one of the first movies that uh, that Death Race 2000 Machine, jo- <laughs> machine Gun Joe Viterbo. Wow. Okay, so we we share at least one movie on this list. <laughs> I mean, it's it's over the top and it's crazy, but that's what the movie is. So it's right in line with that. And I think he's arguably the best performance that movie. He's, I mean, he's out acting uh, yeah, Frankenstein for sure. Yeah, yeah. And pretty much everybody else is either such a small role or they're completely dead weight. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I'll sort of piggyback on this just so I don't you know have to sort of go over it again when when we get to my picks but the one thing i I like about that is i i I would love living in the world where roger corman movies would get 
um, award-winning consideration, but um, you know that's really never going to happen. But the one other thing that I really like about that performance, and Death Race 2000 is one of my favorite movies ever, um, but I really felt like Stallone was at a point in his life and probably his career where he was able to channel a lot of that anger that that character has and I, you know, maybe this is me overanalyzing or trying to, you know, give Stallone more credit than he than he probably deserves for that performance. But I really felt like he was tapping into where he was in his life and the frustration maybe with his career and where he was, and uh, just that that anger that we sort of see in the Rocky performance as well. Do do you have any any feelings about that, Jeff? Yeah, I'm not sure if he does that same role in 19. 19- 87. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's the same. I think he might be a little too, he's not as willing to get as crazy. Like he's, he's a movie star by then. So he's, yeah. he's a little bit more worried about his image. I'm not sure if you get the same performance out of him that you get there. Right. Right. Mike, you have any insight there? Um, you, you guys nailed it. Uh, Stallone's ego. And, uh, by 87, there would be no unflattering camera angles whatsoever. <laughs> he, and he did, he doesn't have the eye of the tiger and this is not a slam on sly. It's not, this is, this happens to a lot of people, myself included. You get to a point where you think you might be past or above something. Death Race 2000, I've always considered that to be like Bruce Springsteen's Greetings from Asbury Park. Um, it's it, it, it just shows the raw talent that's there that, that is just waiting to take off. And uh, so I, I'm a big fan of Death Race. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Jeff. All right. I got a number four. I have his performance in the original Expendables. Oh, Wow. Because this is when this movie when I mean it's hard to remember now that it's had two lackluster sequels. When that movie came out, that was actually a decent idea. And he's good in the movie. If the movie again is like, hey, we're gonna throw all these guys in there. The movie is just probably okay. It's just probably watchable. But he's really good in it. If you switch out the lead roles, if you make that Arnold instead of him, I I think that movie really flounders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His 30 years leading up to that really carries that movie. So while that may not have been good enough for like a best actor that year, uh, I think he could have been up for some of the smaller awards maybe. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good perspective on it, Jeff, and, and that's a performance that I, I haven't really considered. Mike? Um, I have no problem with that choice. Uh, I, think, I, I think Stallone was probably the best uh, out of all of them in that movie. Um... It didn't make my list, but I could certainly understand where it it, it could make a list. So, yeah, yeah. good choice. I would almost argue, Mike, though, that Statham is a stronger character, at least. You could make that argument, and it wouldn't mean crap to me, but still. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, last time I checked, he wasn't taking people around London doing the Jason Statham tour. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. I got to stick up for what puts money on the table uh, all right well i'm gonna say right now my top three this is really where uh this is my bread and butter right here uh, <laughs> my, my, so number three i got the i don't know why it wasn't up for best picture that year but a little movie i like to call tango and cash all right i understand this movie can be a little you can start some arguments i love this movie with an undying passion because it has the two finest actors of our generation in Sylvester Stallone and kurt russell there could have been no script, and it still would have been my list. 
Mm-hmm. Some would argue there may not be a script. <laughs> is it is it really the the interplay with Kurt Russell that that sort of sells that performance for you? I mean, try to imagine. Listen, if, if you already don't like the movie or have a problem with it, imagine it with two other actors who have less charisma than these guys, and imagine what kind of train wreck that would have been. The only right reason why this movie is watchable is because those two guys are in it. Even if you lose one or the other, it's going to be unwatchable. Like, just put, I'm trying to think, just grab some other random 80s action guy and throw him in there. And you're going to be like, uh, I, don't, I don't like that. No, that's not working for me. I don't know, Seagal and Van Damme? <laughs> I don't want to see Van Damme in anything. I'm thinking Brian Thompson, the alien from, the alien bounty hunter from the X-Files, mm. and the guy that's in Tangle and Cash that has the jaw that's a Buick. Uh, <laughs> if those two were the lead characters, that might be something. Yeah, except that neither one of them can act. <laughs> and then, well, in Tangle and Cash... The guy has the personality of a wooden shoe. Well, in Tango and Cash, so does Stallone, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't oh, what know. do you know about Stallone? Nobody asked you. <laughs> uh, I'm glad, glad I won't be here to hear your list. <laughs> oh, and you are going to miss it. Well, number two, I got to admit, this might be a long shot, too. It's one of his newer films. It came out about two and a half, three years ago. It's a little something called Bridge of Spies, where he played Mark Rylance. Oh, no. <laughs> Craig, I'd like to lodge a complaint with corporate. Uh, with uh, this is uh, this is just uh, too much for me to bear. I can't. Oh. I can't get back there. Oh, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm reading my notes incorrectly. I'm sorry. Actually, I have cl- yeah. cliffhanger too. Uh, cliffhanger, you say? All right. <laughs> uh, this this kind of goes back to my tango and cash formula of um, this movie shouldn't work at all. This movie actually exists in like ten other forms. Of like, hey, there's something wrong on a mountain and we got to rescue them. All of those movies, completely forgettable. You couldn't probably name another one or maybe one if you're lucky. Um, as much for the scene, the opening scene. That opening scene is harrowing on the uh, on the mountain when exactly. he's got the, uh, with his face girlfriend. I watch that now and it's upsetting. Mm-hmm. And the movie carries through. And I, when we did the movie, I think I wasn't on with you guys, but I sent a thing in. Um, I also really enjoy John Lithgow in that movie. That's another movie where if that's not Stallone, if that's Schwarzenegger, that's Van Damme, if that's Seagal, oh, that movie makes $9 and is sitting in a, you know, a bargain DVD bin right now for a dollar. Yeah. And it's unwatchable. Yeah, Van Damme even tried to make a couple of those movies. I'm pretty sure each of those guys, I mean, let's be honest, these guys all make pretty much the same movies. (laughs) But then you make like, so I'll pick out somebody else's good movie. Like Schwarzenegger makes Predator. Well, a lot of these guys have made a I'm fighting an unstoppable alien movie. Yeah, but Schwarzenegger made the good one. <laughs> yeah. the, one the one that people liked. And then, Correct. you know, Stallone made the, hey, I'm on a mountain fighting against terrorists. Yeah, a lot of people made that movie, but he made the good one. <laughs> yeah, well, although it is Die Hard in the mountains. Yeah, but you can say that about anything. Even True. movies made before Die Hard, you can do it. It's Die Hard in a, Speed's Die Hard in a bus. It's still a good movie. Agreed. You want a bad version of it? Speed 2. Die Hard on a boat. And it's horrific. Well, I can't argue that. That's that's true. Yeah, you think Keanu Reeves is in a good actor? Okay, replace him with Jason Patrick and let me know how that goes. I thought he passed away, Keanu Reeves, no? <laughs> Are you just referring to his acting or did you think he died? <laughs> oh, well, maybe it all, all just right. answers for itself. 
right, let's just get out right now. The ultimate Stallone performance. My number one, Demolition Man. Again, I will say this list says a lot more about me than it says about anybody else. I don't think anything's wrong with it. I mean, yeah. it's, I think it's, it's not even that. It just it it puts me in an error. It's I mean, it's painfully obvious what error that I like. <laughs> If I'll tell you the movie that would probably just missed might have been like over the top. So that puts me like that like seven year period is my Stallone sweet spot. It's hard you. for me to it's hard for me to pick outside that area. That's why like even the expendables was like a big deal for me. And I'll tell you right now, if you're looking for Copland, the reason why I didn't put it on there is two things. One, uh, I hate when people do Oscar reaches and try to get Oscars. Mm-hmm. And two, I honestly haven't seen Copland in so long. I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> How dare you? So I didn't, I didn't want to put sir. it on my list just because everybody says it's good. I would feel like I'm doing the, the listeners a disservice at that point. Yeah, I, you know, I, I do think that your point about you know doing the Oscar pivot is a good point. But I think in, in terms of Copland, and you know, by no means am I trying to sway anybody here, I think when it comes to Copland, I think that was less of a – uh, Sly, you know, trying to get uh, award recognition and more really realistically trying to figure out where he could go with the next stage of his career. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, things didn't go the way uh, they were supposed to. And we got quite a few really bad Stallone years. Um, oh, yeah, there's going to be some rough Slycast episodes coming up right after that. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we can talk a lot more about our feelings on, on what happened with Copland. Uh, like you said, when we get to that, uh, what are your two honorable mentions? Uh, my two honorable mentions. I didn't put him in for him because uh, one is TV and one is just a cameo appearance. But he was in the latest Guardians of the Galaxy movie, mm-hmm. and he's only a cameo. He shows up twice, but it means a lot because he's Sylvester Stallone and brings a lot of weight to the role. So that's one of those like, hey, my career means so much. Me being in this movie means something. Yeah, and he ends up actually being at a. Uh, I don't want to give it away, but there's like a dramatic moment at the end that he's pivotally involved in uh, at another character's expense. And instead of it becomes a big deal. He's only a minor part of it, but it means a little bit more because he's in it. And he also gets a good throwaway line of like, let's go steal some shit. Yeah. And the other one I wanted to mention was he was on an episode of This Is Us. Right. Where he was playing like an army colonel to one of the main guys. And he ended up having to talk about. The, he, the guy's father had passed away. So he, he says something along the lines of, oh, you know, I know what that's like. You know, I've had similar situations in my life, which obviously is true with the death of his son. So like that in a movie, in a show that already is about trying to make everybody feel bad. It was just another his acting obviously brought a lot to it, but his actual personal pain that he had to go to brought a lot to that role. He's only in it for you know, he's got like three or four scenes, but he's like the Stallone you wished he is in real life, which I don't know if he is or not. I've never met the man. Yeah. But like he wants to meet the guy's dad and he's the nicest guy in the world. He's just trying to help out a fellow actor. And you're like, oh, this guy's great. This guy's wonderful. But again, if that was just, hey, it's a 60 year old actor in this role, that role would have meant nothing. But because it was Sylvester Stallone, that weight, that role had a ton of weight to it. Mm-hmm. I would and agree. Even, and he hasn't been on the show since then, but that moment has been mentioned two or three times. Like they go back to it of like, well, yeah, that's what Stallone told me. <laughs> yeah. The Emmys are are a thing, so he could win an Emmy. So I, I do know I included a, a, a TV appearance on my list. So uh, if he gets nominated again, <laughs> I, I just I hope for Mike's sake that he wins. <laughs> all, all right, Jeff. I know when you jumped on this call with us that it was with the uh, understanding that you'd have limited time. So. 
we got your top five and your honorable mentions, and uh, glad we were able to do this. And I look forward to uh, to sitting down with you next time. Uh, any uh, any final words before you leave it to me and Mike to uh, to finish up? Well, I look forward to seeing where uh, Party at Kitty and Studs is on one of your lists. <laughs> That's my right, Friday guys. night honorable mention. <laughs> All right, I'm going to bail. I'm punching out. All right, All right take, Jeff. Be good, take man. care, Jeff. All right, later, guys. All right, Mike. So it's it's a, a, a rare dual slide cast right now. This is this will be very interesting and I think very very fun. And I'm also thinking we may have one or two movies that cross on our list. All right, all right, excellent. So, uh, do you want to go ahead and do your top five? Sure, sure. So, you know, for me, for anybody who knows me or doesn't know me, you know, I discovered Sylvester Stallone in 1979. And, you know, the 70s and the very early 80s, that was my core time. So, I think my list, just like Jeff said, uh, represents more about him maybe than Stallone. This is what I feel went into the building blocks of why I love Stallone, the actor. So number one, um, I went with the Lords of Flatbush. For me, it was all about the pure energy that Sly just, it just oozes out of him onto the screen. He was so charismatic from when he was a wise ass in the class to when he threatens the guy at the ring shop, he, he, he does. He wrote that whole scene when he's doing the pigeons up on the roof. To me, Stanley Rossiello is an unsung hero. And as many of us know, he was the inspiration for Arthur Fonzarelli um, right. and Winkler, which was very cool. So, uh, yeah, Lords of Flatbush for me is just one of the one of, one of the tops. I should say, I guess I should say that would be number five i think yeah that's another one where you know those early those early appearances um definitely show a a different set of, of of muscles if you will you know you get a lot of you know unique choices that like you know we talked about earlier that he might not have made even 10 years later exactly right um i don't think I don't think uh, a 38-year-old or, a, a, you know, a Stallone uh, 35-year-old could have had that energy. It was, it, it's a different – he had lots of energy in the action movies, but it was a different type of energy. This – when you go back and watch it, it, it just – it always does something, you know, for me. So, uh, all right, that's five. Let's see. Four would be Paradise Alley. Okay. All right. So, for me – it's, you know, I'm a big fan of Springsteen's early work, and I, I like to put these movies that Stallone did in the 70s uh, in, in that type of Springsteen-esque, born-to-run, born-USA type of category. Um, I love the story about the family, the three brothers who kind of look out for each other, even though they argue a lot with each other. Again, I think Stallone brings this energy to this to the movie that, you know, we only get to see in Rocky one. And, and, you know, of course, maybe first blood. Right. Uh, I'd have to go. Let's see for number three. What was my number three? Copland would mm-hmm. be number three. 
again, I, I think you brought up a good point earlier when you said, you know, we'll, we'll get a chance to talk about Copland in more uh, more detail, but I would agree with you 100%. I didn't necessarily think it was an Oscar grab. I thought it was Stallone wanted to do something fresh. He wanted to get back to his acting roots because that's what brought him in to into the movies. You know, really, uh, it w- was acting and it wasn't so much action. So Copland, it just... Um, a great a great presence on screen that he had, but he, he just never, I don't know, the critics, uh, the critics never gave him the credit I felt he deserved. Yeah, and, and he was, what, he was in his mid to late 40s at that point? At 50 years old. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah, 50 years old. I remember the article in USA Today. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's amazing now to think that he might have been winding down as an action star considering where he is now 20, 20 plus years later. But that had exactly. to definitely be something on his mind in terms of, you know, coming up with, for lack of a better word, uh, uh, an escape plan or, or an exit plan um, yeah. to get to that next point of your career. And and I actually think that even beyond a critical, um, you know, the critical claim he should have gotten for that role is I, I really think and and, you know, you know, I think he's getting a lot of his just desserts now, or is just due uh, Harvey Weinstein. But I really think that 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 Harvey Weinstein and and, and his brother, probably to a lesser extent, um, didn't deliver uh, some of the stuff that they had promised Stallone. And uh, you know, it, it's it's horrible what Harvey Weinstein did and is being accused of. And right. it seems like he. Um, He's been removed from uh, any of the you know positions of power that he had, and and, and you know will never be in those positions again. But I, I really think there's more to that story between Sly uh, and and the Weinstein brothers, and I, and I doubt we'll ever hear it unless Stallone really decides to do that. That you know, warts and all, tell all that I'm sure we'd all love him to do when he's you know 85 years old. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would agree, and and it, it definitely when you go back again, I I really pay attention to the performance that Stallone gave. Did he overreact? Did he go too much like Charlton Heston at the end of Planet of the Apes? God damn, you, you know, was it too much? Because sometimes Stallone has done that. And, um, you know, for me, all of these, th- these are all equal. Like, I really, it's hard for me to put this in any type of cohesive order it, because it, one day I might think Paradise Alley was the best, and then I might think Lords of Flatbush. You know what I mean? I'm all over the place. Yeah. Um, I would have to say I have a, I have a, a, a tie. Um coming down to the bottom of the list not number one tie but a a tie at number two um you know i'm a big fan of victory and i'm also a big fan of rhinestone Mm -hmm. i love rhinestone for the reason that it's so close to sylvester stallone's own nature that is type of person he is you know there's elements of rocky elements of rambo and all of his characters are in stallone but i've always believed and stallone has mentioned this you know, Nick Martinelli is the closest character he's ever played to himself on screen. Right. I, I love Drinkenstein. I can still <laughs> recite basically every word of Drinkenstein. Um, the the interaction in, in uh, Hillbilly Country and uh, just the, the way he, he has the cojones to wear that outfit at the end of the movie and sing with Dolly Parton. I actually have that on my iPod. Stay out of my bedroom to, to run to on the treadmill. I love it. Yeah, and, and and I know when we talked about that episode when it was on that uh, 
I think the overall consensus was, or at least I remember my my takeaway from it was, I think it's a movie that doesn't get as much consideration um, as it should when it comes to you know what Sly was was doing. But um, we've been there and we've done that. But Mike, I I think that was a a solid list. That was my two, my my number two, my final. Oh. one. <laughs> I know because I had a best. I couldn't decide which I preferred on number two. My ultimate best is probably Fist. Oh, and okay. The, and the reason is the epic journey that we we see Johnny take as he begins to get corrupted, and he keeps trying to deny. He pretends the corruption isn't there, and he justifies everything that he does. So that I would have to say, Fist is probably my ultimate at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's a that's an excellent choice, Mike. I think uh, I think Fist overall is is um, it's it's another one of those unique Sly movies. Is you, you know that probably could have only been made at that point in his career, but that's a movie I really really enjoy watching, and and that's one that I felt. Um, is worth us going back and exploring because if you remember those early episodes, we kind of just blew through um, right. the early years because we originally intended this to be like a 12 or 13 episode podcast. And, and here we are years later. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so definitely, uh, you know, nice, nice performance, but also uh, a, a great cast surrounding him as well great cast in that movie and uh you know that's something i always liked about sly he took a lot of the people and he integrated them in other movies along the way and it's um it's something i always knew stallone was good at extending a hand saying hey you know i got this role and he he brought he's like adam sandler in that way where he uses a lot of people over and over yeah yeah right on all right so any final thoughts about your list no, I mean, I, I could go on and on and on and on and on. But uh, no, I, I, I really like the idea of not taking any Rockies or Rambos. I think that was really, that was good. Yeah, that was a good suggestion that came through. Uh, you know, because I think I originally suggested maybe limiting it to, you know, to one Rocky and one Rambo. And then uh, somebody went all in and said, hey, let's, you know, let's let's cut it here and then actually really try and deep, dig deep down into the into his filmography. So, uh yeah, I'm glad we went that direction as well. So, how about you? What What do you think of your list? Yeah, no, 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 no. Of your <laughs> list, I want to hear your list. All right. Well, there's two. There's two re- repeats, and I sort of just put my list in uh, release order, starting sure. starting from the you know the earliest performance to to the latest. And uh, I am kind of slightly disappointed that that I don't really make it into the uh, the new millennium. Uh, because I think there are performances there that uh, that should be there, and and I guess I would say one of my honorable mentions would be I think Grudge Match, which sure. I, I think it's a movie that's not really talked about too much by Sly fans, uh, if if anybody else. But it just seems like a movie that was really kind of quietly overlooked, and I and I think uh, De Niro's performance is good too, considering that you know. Um, you know, De Niro's been accused of phoning it in for years now. Um, mm-hmm. But so I would guess I would call that my honorable mention. But that's a good one, though. And yeah. That's a good one, especially because everyone, and Craig, I mean every person either online or in, that I, I know in my life, everyone thought Grudge Match was going to be an epic disaster. Yeah. And it wasn't. No. It was actually very good. I was surprised at how good it was. 
Yeah, I remember that was the same thing. We left the theater pleasantly surprised, and uh, you know, I'm glad it's a part of his filmography. Yeah. Um, so as discussed, um, I, I shared a, a pick with with Jeff, which was Death Race. So we don't really need to talk about that too much more. Um, okay. My next pick, and I'm sure um, this would line up with with any list that Jeff Hewlett has, and that is Cobra. <laughs> Great and, movie. Yeah, yeah, it, and and I think the thing about Cobra is I don't think it's the acting uh, as much as it is the overall performance where uh, you got to give Stallone credit for that overall look and attitude that Cobra had and also the ability to just squeeze himself into those jeans. <laughs> that's, that's very, very true. That's very true. <laughs> but I think he was able to sort of tap into an attitude, and I think that's the that's the aspect of Cobra that that always sort of um, appealed to me was you know in, in addition to you know the you know the, the kick ass movie that it is I always thought that just Cobra was just a really cool character and uh, you know it, you know I guess you could say he borrowed a little bit from Dirty Harry or whatever but I still think that the the you know the energy uh, that Stallone exuded in that performance is definitely. Uh, worth noting yeah definitely i mean i always i mean springs are um uh, stolen said it was springsteen with the badge essentially right and uh you know and, and they were you know they were supposed to do a sequel to that but it never took off no. unfortunately yeah but, but didn't we say didn't we have a talk one time all of us and we were saying if uh cobra had an older brother it would be um uh the Expendables. Oh yeah, uh, Stallone's character in Expendables. Barney, yeah. Barney Ross. Uh-huh. Because they kind of dressed the same. You know, Cobra had the old car. Yeah. Barney Ross has the old truck. So there's a lot of Cobra, I think, in the the Expendables uh, concept. Yeah. No, totally. So uh, my next um, uh, movie is Lock Up. Which, nice. Yeah, I picked Lockup because I think, uh, and again, I think this is probably one that would appear on, on Jeff Hewlett's list. Uh, I think Lockup just is another one where you just get a really nice sort of stripped down Stallone performance. And I actually like some of the relationship stuff in that movie. That's one thing I think aside from, you know, the Rocky movies, you never really got that, you know, focus on, you know, his relate, you know, a relationship with someone else. So, that's kind of what what drove me to choose lockup. So now my next two sort of they sort of fit together, in the sense that um, my uh, my next choice is, and we talked about a TV appearance, is an appearance that Stallone did on Saturday Night Live to promote uh, Copland, and which, which is a movie that uh, me and you. Uh, you know, aligned on. So the thing about SNL is, I, I think, um, I think that performance overall is so great. There's so many memorable uh, skits on that. You know, you've got the, you know, the ones that we've probably seen a lot, like the Night at the Roxbury one. But there's that Orange Julius skit where he plays the guy that um, was working at a, a a computer store that was previously an Orange Julius. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was a brilliant 
showing of how Stallone can commit to a role mm-hmm. other than action at that point and 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 really make it his own. Like Stallone was great on Saturday Night Live in all of them, and I but I love the Orange Julius role. And every once in a while, it it comes up with people from around the world that that I take on tours, and they absolutely uh, love Orange Julius. They they always ask, "Is it a real place here in the states?" And I said, "Well, it was. <laughs> you don't really see it anymore." I said, "But it was no, but you're you're dead on correct." Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. So yeah, and then, like I said, my last choice was Copland, which we talked about, and right. which I can't wait to talk about for this show. And we're not—I don't think we're too incredibly far away from it. We've got to get over the hump that is the specialist, which seems to have been on our horizon for so long now. But I'm sure we're going to get to it. It seems to be a, uh, it's, it does seem like everybody's avoiding it like the bubonic plague. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> yeah, the sad truth is that we're all really, you know, uh, incredibly busy. Uh, thankfully, yeah, um, it's better true. than be, than sitting at home and twiddling our thumbs. And I do know that the, the time difference uh, between us doesn't help either. Um, but we'll get there. So uh, before we, we end this uh, top five, We've all collectively on this, the Slycast, uh, myself, you, Jeff Ferry, and Jeff Hewlett, have all appeared on the Rocky Minute podcast. And if you're not familiar with it, it's uh, one of the minute podcasts where the concept is you go through a movie one minute at a time. So uh, we've got Doug and Jay from the Rocky Minute, and they uh, great guys, super fun to talk to. And if you haven't listened to that show... Um, like I said, all the members of the Slycast have been on it at different points, and actually, Jeff Ferry just wrapped up his week um, this week. So, um, Doug sent in his list, which includes Copland, Over the Top, Cobra, Lock Up, and his um, one of his choices was a, a movie uh, that we haven't talked about yet which is Escape Plan. Do you have any feelings on Escape Plan in terms of the performance? I know that for me, I almost feel like Sly got overshadowed by the work that Arnold did because Arnold did some really, really good work in that movie. And I think Arnold hit points that we had never seen him hit before uh, in terms of his acting ability. Well, that's very gracious of you to say, Craig. Uh, (laughs) What I would say about escape plan um and i mean this coming from the bottom of my heart i would rather sit in a tub of water with a plugged in toaster teetering on the edge um i could not go back and watch escape plan i would rather someone take a statue of liberty model and drive it through my ear than watch that movie again that in and and the other horrible movie the bullet to the head oh but no, great pick, uh, guys. Great pick on that one. <laughs> so. And, and Jay's, Jay's list includes movies that we've um, all talked about already. Over the Top, Tango and Cash, Cliffhanger, Lockup, and Demolition Man. So uh, there's some of the lists that, uh, that we came up with. Feel free to share your list on the uh, Facebook page for this episode or shoot us your list over on Twitter and let us know what you liked and what you didn't like. And uh, now, Mike, is there anything else Sly related that we we need to talk about before we uh, we go? I know I still got a, cu- a, a couple minutes. 
Yeah, I I'll tell you one thing I that that I've been hoping to to tell fans about it. They don't already know. It's a little something uh, they call the Sylvester Stallone shop or the Sly Stallone shop. Oh right. It's, yeah, it's relatively new. It's only been out maybe a month, month and a half, but uh, it, it is what every fan who, who's older, like myself, back in the seventies and early eighties. There was literally zero merchandise that you could buy. You couldn't buy, like, uh, you know, these great T-shirts that he's got out now. Back then, it was rare to have an Italian stallion T-shirt or the Rocky trunks or the tiger jacket or the Rocky hat. This website is going to have all of these things and much more. It really is a wet dream for Stallone fans. It's a great place to go, and I've already dumped 60 bucks on it, so (laughs) check it out. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's good to see that that option because, like you said, it's you know, it's been kind of a, a limited market in the past, and I don't know if it was just a matter of of licensing and who had the the rights to do certain things, but uh, but either way, anyway, uh, people can get out there and and show the uh, uh, show the love is is good. Yes, exactly. So, Mike, I think that's about it. I know you still got some exciting things going on with your. Your documentary, The Pretender. The Pretender, yes. It's, it's coming along really well. It's getting into a lot of film festivals. We have uh, uh, Netflix is uh, looking at it, deciding whether or not it's something that may join their ranks. And uh, you know I will be uh, letting everybody know about it as soon as we hear more. All right, excellent. I know we're, we're really uh, – we've always been excited about that project, and we're, and we're, we're so happy to see where, it, where it's been going and uh, – these film festival appearances are just so good to hear because uh, I know a lot of hard work went into it, and uh, you've definitely got a unique story, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I think it's going to be something a lot of people can relate to. Right on. Right on. All right. So I think that brings us to the close of another Slycast. And again, we just wanted to make sure we jumped on and, and touch base with you all because I know you've you've been such a, an incredible fan base and you've been patient uh, as we've sort of taken uh, extended hiatuses. Um, so uh, thanks always for listening and we appreciate uh, each and every one of you. And like I said, if you have any comments on our lists or you want to add in movies of your own, uh, just drop us a line on the on the Facebook page or uh, on Twitter, and uh, I'll include links to both on our show notes. Mike, I will see you next time where, fingers crossed, and uh, I know begrudgingly, <laughs> we'll be talking The Specialist. I'll have some Jack and Coke ready to go. <laughs> All right, Mike, have a good night. You too. All right, bye-bye. I didn't hear no bell. One more round. And this is actually pretty exciting. I know we ended the episode, but shortly after, Jeff Hewlett had some availability, so we we jumped back on, and we are now going to get Jeff's top five Sly performances. So this is an episode that, for all intents and purposes, includes every member of the Slycast team. Jeff, welcome. Damn, hey, hey. Thanks, thanks, Craig. I I was so upset that I missed the recording. I my my last few weeks have been insane. Uh, you know, real life and some other podcast stuff has just kept me so busy. But uh, glad that we can actually finally get an episode out with all four of us on it, even if we aren't all four together. But maybe yeah, next time. Yeah. Maybe next time. Yeah, yeah. We we talked about the challenges of sort of everybody's uh you know busy lives, and it's good to be busy. And then also the time difference between me and the rest of you guys. Three yeah. hours may not seem like a lot, but uh. You know, uh, when I'm getting home from work at a certain hour, it's already, you know, bedtime for you guys. So, yeah. uh, so cool. So 
Yeah, you know the concept we're doing. Uh, you know, since the Oscars were last Sunday, we thought we thought it would be fun to sort of do a, a top five non-Rocky, non-Rambo sly uh, appearances. So, you want to uh, jump right in? Yeah, sure. So, you know, when you you told me you were doing this kind of as a, an Oscar trail kind of thing, I thought to myself, you know, I wanted to make my picks. Uh, around a certain theme, except for one. One one doesn't fit the theme. My number one pick doesn't fit the theme. But the other four movies, I wanted to pick Sly performances where he was playing opposite uh, a, a, another big name or, or high profile actor, right? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. to kind of show, you know, I, we've all talked about this on Slycast a million times before in the past. So, you know, guys, forgive me for repeating myself, but I think all of us agree that Sly's acting abilities are su- supremely underrated. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you see movies where he's performing against another, you know, widely acclaimed actor, uh, you know, who gets a lot of accolades, it really can showcase how good of an actor Sly actually is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. And I, and I think that was, you know, kind of the, one of the points we hit on with, with Mike uh, when we discussed Fist. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I actually agree. I, and, you know, I, Fist is, is not on my list, but I'm glad to see it was on somebody else's. It was close to mine. Oh, okay, I have a feeling I know what one of your picks is going to be. My number one? Oh, well, no, I'm not sure. I mean, thinking about the theme here, um, when we hit it, I'll see if I, if, I, if I picked correctly. So what's your number five? Okay, my number five might be the most surprising pick on this list. And, and sadly, I didn't hear what the other guy's picks uh, were in their entirety. So I don't know if anybody picked this, but maybe they didn't. Uh, my number five is the role Henry Razor Sharp from Grudge Match. Oh, yeah. no, but... We did talk grudge match, but uh, nobody had had that pick. And uh, we we had a, a pretty good discussion uh, about our feelings on that movie and how it was kind of, um, you know, a, a pleasant surprise in a movie that doesn't really get a lot of consideration from Sly fans. So I'm glad to see it's on your list. And I assume that uh, your takeaway from that movie is the interaction with De Niro. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I love that that Sly was, uh, you know, humble enough to kind of do a takeoff on one of his most famous roles, you know, yeah. famous characters. And, you know, the film is kind of a balance between comedy and drama. There are a lot of heavy moments, but there's a lot of great interplay with Sly and De Niro. And I love the fact that both of them have the ability to be dramatic and to be funny. And they Mm -hmm. both do it really well. And, of course, you throw Alan Arkin in the mix and, you know, it's a recipe for a win in my book. And I loved it when it came out. I know it didn't get the greatest critical acclaim and a lot of Sly fans kind of rolled their eyes at it. But I'm a big fan of this movie. There's a lot. And come on, the the little Easter egg with with him going to punch the side of beef. You know, (laughs) come on. It was a nice throw and a shout out to Rocky fans. Oh, yeah, totally. And it's it's a really easy movie to watch. I know we saw it. when it came out in the theater, I think me and my brother and my sister went because it came out right around the holidays, if I remember correctly. And um, we broke off from a family get together and went and went and saw it. And uh, every time it's been on TV since, I you know, I'll, I'll if I catch it, I'll stay with it. And it's really it's just a, a really easy movie to watch. And I think it's one of Stallone's later day, uh, you know, um, highlights in terms of, of where he's at in his career in, in the in the, you know, 2000s. Yeah, I could not agree more. I mean, I remember when I first saw this movie in the theater, I came out happy. And the, my subsequent watches on cable, whenever I've seen it, just like you, I've been happier and happier with it. There's just a lot of great moments in it. Uh, I think it's very well worth watching. There's a lot of great uh, other appearances, like John Bernthal's role in it is really mm-hmm. good. Uh, Kevin Hart 
he's he's yeah. always pretty funny. Uh, and this movie, he's not as quite as over the top as he usually is, but you know, he he puts a, a really good performance in a lot of good funny moments from him. And uh, I, I don't know, I, this is one of those ones that I think I'm just going to grow more and more fond of as as the years go on. Nice, nice, very cool pick. Yeah. What do we have in uh, the number four slot? All right, number four is Gabe Walker Cliffhanger. Okay. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, Sly opposite John Lithgow. I mean, what a great villain he was. I mean, the opening scene from this movie alone. Yeah. Good that's God, what Jeff Perry talked about. Good God. Oh, was this one of Jeff's picks? Yeah. Nice, nice. Glad to see we're aligned. I mean, uh, you know, the the setup to the film, I mean, establishes a cornerstone of Sly's character. Just such a powerful emotional experience. He carries that with him the entire film. And it's just, there's so much great interplay with Sly and Lithgow and Sly and the other villains in this movie. Um, it and just, and I, even Sly and, and Michael Rooker. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's another, yeah, good one. Now, it, 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 there's just so many great moments in this movie that showcase his acting ability. So you get a great balance between the action sequences in this film and the more powerful dramatic moments between Sly and another actor. Yeah, excellent. Excellent pick. Yeah, thanks. I, I don't want to go too far into it since you guys already talked about it with uh, with Jeff Ferry, but uh, glad yeah. to see that a couple of us are are together on the cliffhanger tip. Yeah, yeah. All right. What do we have in third? All right. Number three. This is a pretty obvious pick, and I'm sure somebody else might have picked this one. Uh, John Spartan and Demolition Man. Yes. Yes. Sly and uh, and Wesley Snipes. And, you know, we I think we talked when we talked Demolition Man, when we did it on Slycast, we all had the same kind of opinion that Snipes really steals the film. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Sly's fish out of water action hero, I, kind of almost a straight man up against yeah. Wesley Snipes, did a fantastic job. I mean, that museum sequence alone was great. The exchange between the two of them was really great. Um, I think they balanced each other out with, uh, you know, the over-the-top performance versus kind of the more reserved, stoic performance. So, I like that st- that Sly can balance himself out against such a, a dynamic and, and strong actor like Wesley Snipes. Totally, totally. And I think if memory serves, when we did that movie, we sort of talked about the underlying darkness of mm. that movie and the fact that there's probably more to that performance that we didn't see that sort of got, you know, left in in a, in an earlier edit. Yeah, that I I would bet on that. I, I wish someday we would get some of that stuff on some sort of a special release mm-hmm. of that film because he, the the film itself is very complete in the way it was released. But you can see there's a lot of undertones that that could have been expanded upon. Right. Yeah. All right. Very cool. So number two. All right. This one may be a little bit more of an unexpected one, but if anybody on Slycast knows me from all the, the shows that we've done, this may be an obvious one. For me, but Frank Leone from Lockup. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that, uh, that was one of my picks. Yeah, nice, mm-hmm. nice. I mean, you know, Sutherland in that was unbelievable. Um, uh, I can't even. I'm trying to think of a of a, a way to to frame this, but so many good scenes throughout the entire movie. But I think uh, for me, the turning point where we get to see. Uh, when, when they kill first base and and Sly finally loses it, and you see that scene with him kind of rocking back and forth, and you can see how how he's seething. Uh, you know, he's talking about how he was only twenty years old, and it, it just totally sold his dramatic abilities to me. Uh, you know, he kept his cool all through the movie, and he did a convincing job. But once he hit that breaking point, and the final sequence uh, with Drumgoole in the electric chair, 
unbelievable, just fantastic exchange between the two of them. You can see that, uh, you know, and I remember the first time I saw that movie when he pulled the handle and nothing happened and he realized that he took the fuses out. I really expected him to fry him. Yeah. And I was shocked that he actually didn't. So, um, you know, fantastic stuff. I think very unsung sly movie. I think we talked about this when we did lock up too. So, yeah. And and that's actually a, a good point about that last scene is it, it's almost like acting within acting, mm-hmm. right? Because Frank was sort of performing. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah, you're absolutely right because he he was trying to get the confession out of the warden, and uh, you know he had to act outside of himself as if he was actually going to go through with it. Uh, you know, fantastic job by Sly. Yeah. I think these some of these scenes are you know when someone says they think Sly's you know just an action hero, uh, I think that I would love to get like a, a clip collection together and just make people watch that and go you know what right. there's more to this guy than you're giving him credit for. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, good pick and and uh, and good insight there for um for those for those key scenes. All right, so this brings us to number 1. Ah, the most obvious pick on my list and it doesn't fit my concept, but I had to include it. Uh, you know, I, and you you picked it already. I, I have to go with Marion Cobretti. Mm-hmm. Cobra man. Just uh I don't know, it's it's kind of a partial guilty pleasure film, mm-hmm. but man, that that opening sequence in the supermarket, it just sets you up. Yeah. So many great moments. So many great one-liners. Uh, Sly really, really sells that loose cannon, mm-hmm. uh, you know, dark cop. You know, that talking smack over the PA system. I mean, we all talk about the go ahead, I don't shop here line. Mm-hmm. Uh, says drop it while he's already blowing the guy away. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just spectacular stuff. Um, I mean, we all talked about the car pushing scene leading into the pizza with scissors. Uh, uh-huh. So many, so many great, great moments in this movie. Uh, only problem with this movie for me was the the villain just didn't get enough backstory, yep. Yep. and we talked about that already. But this is one of my all time favorite Sly movies. Um, so many great one liners from this one, and I know you guys already talked about this too. So yeah, don't bore anybody. Yeah, no. Well, one one of my uh, you know my reasoning for this movie was also the idea that you know Stallone really captured an attitude mm. with Cobra. You know, the I mean, just the overall coolness just a of the character. Yeah. <laughs> just, just kidding. What's that? Is it just a little one? <laughs> but I but I thought that was, you know, an aspect of his acting toolbox that, you know, he, he might not get credit for, uh, you know, as well. So, uh, you know, I think Jeff Ferry had mentioned in, in, our, in our behind the scenes discussions leading up to recording that uh, you would probably just have Cobra in all five slots. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Ferry knows me well, man. And when, when you mentioned this to me, Cobra was automatically my number one pick. Um, yeah. I probably could have done multiple Cobra moments, but I, I wanted to to split it up, and I really thought that I could use this as an opportunity to showcase Sly's acting skills by putting him up against other actors and, and highlighting those moments. Right on, yeah, and I think if anything, that's a a, a, a very well put together list, Jeff, and 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 thank you for uh, for for sharing that. And I'm glad we had we had time for it, but uh, I think that overall, that uh, all the lists we've seen today have sh- sort of showcased that. When you strip away Rocky and Rambo, there's still uh, a, legit, a legitimate career there in terms of uh, from an acting perspective. Oh, absolutely. I have never questioned that from my earliest days of being a Sly fan. Uh, you know, I've always been a, a champion for, for Sly's career and I followed it. And, you know, every actor or actress has their stinkers. 
out there. But, you know, his career has always persevered. And he's always he's put together a lot of really good films. And mm-hmm. he's still going today. I'm still looking forward to seeing, you know, Creed 2 is on its way. He's yep. got a couple of other films in the works, too. So I'm on board for every one of them. Right, right. Awesome. So uh, I, I know we're, we're going to, I think, get close to ending this episode for real now. But before we do, um, uh, we're going to say goodbye. And then we're going to be treated to um, some more lists from um, – Matt from Rambo Mania is nice. going to share his, and then also Ryan from the Going the Distance podcast Sweet. and Chris from the Stallone Fanatics podcast wow. have gotten together um, for their contribution. So stay tuned for that after we leave. And Jeff, um, I know when when I ended things with Mike and Jeff Ferry, we talked about hopefully the next time we all get together, it is to finally talk, much, much to Mike's uh, chagrin, um, <laughs> the specialist. Yeah, that's that's going to be awesome. I've been looking forward to that. You know, it's funny, just before we leave, I was driving in the car the other day and I had um, NPR radio on and there was an ad for some new Broadway play and the big name was Mark Rylance. I had to, I was laughing. I almost had to pull the car over. I wish I could have recorded it. Uh, I'll tell you when you listen back to this episode, you'll hear, uh, uh, some funny uh, Mike Kunda stuff related to uh, our setup for this episode, um, and even the the mere mention of that Oscar memory uh, <laughs> still triggered Mike. It's uh, oh. I, I I think it ultimately might need uh, he might need therapy to 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 finally rid himself of that of that anger. Oh man, he definitely does. Every time we say it, it triggers him. And my my ultimate wish, if I had tons of money, man. I would get Rylance and I would go with him on Mike Mike's tour <laughs> through Philly and just just watch him seethe the whole time. <laughs> oh my goodness, that would be that would be pretty amazing. Yeah. So uh, Jeff, thanks again, and and like I said, stay tuned for uh, Matt and Ryan and Chris's uh, lists, and we'll see you next time on the Slycast. All right, uh, Chris, we're on the air. This is exciting. We're on Slycast. Isn't this exciting? Yeah, this is the big. We've hit the big time now. I, I love how the guys from Slycast want us to do some work for the show, but they won't won't even let us on the mic with them at the same time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Jeez, hey, we're just big hey, players. Yeah, no kidding. Well, it is their show. To be fair, it is the Slycast show. It's not Stallone Fanatics or uh, Going the Distance, the Rocky Series podcast. So let's just plug our show all around, if we don't mind. Absolutely. So uh, my name's Ryan Rebalkin, and with me is uh, Christopher Goff. How's it going, Ryan? Oh, going pretty good. They only want us to talk for three to five minutes, so that's all we're going to do. We will respect their wishes. Uh, They want us to talk about Stallone's, and I don't even know what this episode's about, but I assume they're talking about Stallone's performances or whatever. I'm not sure. They just said, hey, tell us your favorite award-worthy type Stallone performances that aren't Rocky, that aren't Rambo. So let's do it. Why don't you go ahead, Chris, you pick a couple, and I'll pick a couple and go back and forth. All right. For best performances, the first one I'd have to go with would probably be Cobra. Okay. Um, this is a character that I could have done a sequel easily, maybe even more than that. I'm kind of glad they didn't in the sense that it's just, it's such a great standalone movie, uh, a really great kind of rogue cop character for Stallone. And much like many of his characters, he doesn't have to say much to get his point across. So it's right in line with the Rambo and the Rocky and you know it's all you got to do is a look on his face and you know what he's thinking Marion Cabretti yes 
All right, so that's Chris's pick for one of uh, Stallone's award-winning performances. Your love for Cobra and Slycast's love for Cobra, though not unfounded, it's just I don't get that excited by Cobra. I feel like it, <laughs> I feel like it would have been a better movie today, written today's type of feel and look. I think the character's cool. I think yeah. the idea of Cobra's cool, but some of it just didn't age very well. Nonetheless, true. Stallone's performance though was excellent. I'm going to pick Frank from Lockup. I, uh, oh, yeah. I just... God. What an underrated gem lockup is. Boy, it's... Mm. You know, Stallone looks fantastic. He acts fantastic. The storyline's incredible. I've never cried when a car gets smashed up, but when this car gets smashed up <laughs> in lockup, I shed a tear, man. I shed a tear. And only Stallone can yeah. make you feel sorry for a car. You know what I mean? I agree. That movie's got everything. It's got comedy. It's got action. It's got drama. It's, it's a great film, great character. And honestly, it, just like a lot of his movies, you can't. You, there's nobody else that could have played that role like him. It's incredible. One of definitely like, one of my top five favorite movies. Yes, absolutely. I love Lock Up. Sorry, it sounded like you were fapping really hard in the background there. Are you okay? Or you're rubbing or something? Uh, no, not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> I leave the fapping to you tonight. <laughs> I, I know you're excited about lockup, so I wasn't too sure. Okay, so uh, you're, you're next. You pick one. I think my next one is going to have to be Copland, Freddie Heflin. Yeah, this this was a movie that was supposed to be much bigger than it was. It's another one of those uh, Merrimax blunders. Right. Yeah, and who knows what the real story was behind all that, but that should have been bigger than it was. Great character. I mean, and you know, here's a guy who's, who's dedicated his entire life to his physique and he goes off and gains 40 pounds to play this role this understated role and he does it so perfectly well yeah and, it was amazing. Yeah, and, he, I, it was and here amazing. he is amongst you know ray liotta robert de niro and, and all these big names and he fits right in and in my eyes he kind of steals the show I've talked about uh, Copland, of course, on uh, the Rocky Series podcast, Go on the Distance. Find us on iTunes. <laughs> That's right. We need um, listeners, we, please. <laughs> we, we, we need you guys. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> the unfortunate thing about Copland is not Sloan's fault, but you just said it yourself. He's surrounded by such a great cast, like yep. of, you know, of Ray Liotta. My goodness, Ray Liotta's performance. And. De Niro's. Yep. What did he say? What's that line he says when it's like, you're telling him that he's too late? Oh, yeah. You blew it. You, you blew, blew it. it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some great, great moments from every actor. And Stallone Listen, was. Listen, you da fuck. <laughs> yeah. That's what he says to him. Yeah. <laughs> That, How insensitive. And, yeah, and that's what's amazing about that movie is as De Niro's acting then and, and Stallone's acting when he gets insulted like that. It's just all so good. And it's just great to see Stallone like in that very meek and like everyone's stepping all over him. It was a very yeah. very yeah. I think it's a highlight right there. So I'll throw my next one into the mix. How about Gabe Walker from Cliffhanger? Oh yeah, another great one. Great movie. I, that scene of him letting the wife go, dropping down. I remember I saw this in the theaters at the beginning, and I was mm. like, "Whoa, what a way to start a movie!" Stallone saves everybody, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and to see this girl fall, you're like, "Oh, this is different." We've got trauma and drama right at the beginning. So great, yeah. great opening. The the cliff scenes, the music, the score. 
you know, you, you felt his cold, the gory violence, the cursing, John Lithgow. Yeah, Stallone's Such a good act- bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> but Stallone's acting this was a great. It was a very good acting, yeah. good snarling and punches and everything. And uh, that scene where he's running from the explosion and jumps over that bridge. Yep classic stallone was definitely at his peak at this point you know he'd done a couple of pretty big no pun, in, no pun intended that's right <laughs> amazing movie amazing role no question about it so you're next i'm probably going to catch some hell for this but you know i'm going with i'm going with lincoln hawk over the top man it's pure 80 cheese i get it but honestly you take away all that and you just focus on the character of Lincoln Hawk. It's just perfectly played by Stallone. Again, it kind of has that Rocky feel to it. But just an incredible story. Again, doesn't have to say much. Just has to do it. Just has to look right. it. Hey, if you don't want to drive through a house to get your son back, then you're just not a good dad. Exactly. Thank you. I mean, he's like, literally, that movie should be shown to all dads. That's right. <laughs> Let's go to a few. They want us to talk about a few of the performances that Stallone probably wishes he could forget, but we're going to remind the public. Mm. So let's yeah. start off right away with his favorite uh, one. You might remember him. Uh, his name was Stud. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, one oh, I tried man. to forget. I can promise you that. If For those who don't know, it's Party of Kitty and Studs, uh, it's a you know it's a couple it's a couple who enjoy a robust sex life which includes fellatio and light S and M specifically mm. Stud who is a belt who likes to belt whip Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh, so if you want to see that, check it out at your local video store. I'm sure it'll be there in the uh, family section. <laughs> Why do you pick one now? Oh boy. Well, this is another one I might get some heat for, but honestly, first of all, I'm not a huge Stallone in science fiction type movies. Of the ones that he's done, the worst for me is Judge Dredd. There's some moments that are good in it. There's some funny lines, but overall, I just felt like it was a bad choice for Stallone. He's too robotic. It just, to me, watching that movie, I felt like he was playing some other actor playing Judge Dredd. Hmm. That's how I felt. I'm a huge Stallone fan, and I was kind of embarrassed by that movie. (laughs) You know, that that was a time that you could be a little bit embarrassed by being a Stallone fan. My next pick, and then we'll leave it at this because we're only supposed to do this for three to five minutes, so I'm sorry, Slycast guys. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) My Canadian to me is apologizing. Sorry. Is his uh, performance in uh, Spy Kids 3. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, to- the toy maker? The only thing about that that I liked was the fact that he, for a, a brief period, there was like six different people, which was kind of cool to see him dressed up like that. But overall, yeah, another bad choice. Yeah, and I know he's just being silly and having fun. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I get it. It's a kid's movie. He's having fun. But it was just weird to see Sly being bad in a silly, silly way, kind of like... Right. Like Tom Lee Jones is Two Faced, like good actor, but you're just this is just too silly and too stupid. Yeah, to me that was phoned in. So there you go. Perfect. I don't know. Right, well, we'll leave it at that. So hey, guys from the Slycast, thanks for having us on. <laughs> Craig, Jeff, Jeff, and Mike, we love you guys. You guys are the uh, you know the original uh, Stallone mm-hmm. podcasters, and uh, we bow to your excellence and hope that we can someday attain that level of stardom. Oh, wow, Chris, boy. (laughs) 
Hey, it's Studio Red Bands, and you're watching the Slycast. And here's some top five Oscar-worthy scenes I think Sly should have got more notice for, because he definitely deserves at least some kind of acknowledgement or recognition for these works on film. I tried to whittle down my top five sans Rocky Rambo. Uh, the order, I guess, would depend on the day. But here's some of my most favorite performances with a few honorable mentions. Number five, Expendables 3, my old team scene. Banderas just finishes uh, talking old Barnes ear off as they set off to die together. And when the Expendables show up to back, Sly, when asked who they are, replies, my old team. A personal favorite, during this delivery, his eyes bring you right back to not only their beginnings, but maybe what we could have seen Rambo do in a remembrance of the Baker team. Uh, there has to be an award out there somewhere for those haunting five seconds. Number four, Cliffhanger, I Came Back For You. I love this moment on film. I love how it's shot. I love the music. I love the direction. I love everything. And I love how, well, the chemistry between Janine and Sly here. Um, you know, they say love is a mountain, and you can't love till you can love yourself. And to do that, you got to face those floating ghosts and climb that mountain and be able to look back down from where you came to make sense of it all. Number four. Number three, sorry. Over the top and the uh, over the top scene. The music fades in. Bull Hurley squeals as Sly pulls him over the top for the winning jerk. Winner! The crowd goes wild and all the weight of the world can be seen. In this slow-mo shot of him rising up, coming off of his shoulders. Ref raising his arm in victory. So, you know, so Rocky, this this should have, you know, been a franchise of its own. Um, we don't get to see that a lot. That kind of Rocky mirror. So, you know, who knows? It's not too late to get another Lincoln Hawk movie out there. Hawk and Son. Copland. All the best girls were taken. Uh, number two on the list. Is it Springsteen scene two or three? Maybe three. Maybe two. Uh, what I love about this that makes it Oscar worthy in my eyes is he finally gets the girl, yet he's such a gentleman that he doesn't take advantage. Uh, you're left feeling like, you know, will Freddie ever win? You can feel this torment and, you know, and the deeper life-changing pains of their past and attachments and also maybe giving up the dream moment to keep her safe he's got to think he's in a little over his head right so you know and you respect him so much more for that uh because you know this is truly an arcing moment grade a stallone so some honorable mentions before we get to number one would include get carter the death stare some of the most intense stallone you will ever see eye to eye with cyrus after a pounding Maybe not Oscar-worthy, but definitely worthy of something. Um, you know, barrel to the face. Did he do it? I don't know. Very first blood to me to throw the gun away for the sequel, I say. Anyway, got to have more Rourke in, in, you know, more Rourke and Sly, baby. You know, X4, please make it happen. Uh, Nighthawks. dead scene um 
had he had his man had to let him go. Some of the most brutal Stallone acting of all time without him even engaged in violence. You just know that Rudger Hauer's scared. Over the top Hawk's introduction. Um, there's just something to the movie's intro that simply yet successfully drops you comfortably into that world. You can't help but fall in love with Sly in this montage. I think this is my favorite montage of his. Uh, you know, very blue-collar cool. Um, this is us. There's no such thing as a long time ago. If you haven't seen this small screen moment, then check it out because he's not acting here. And that's the best type of Stallone performance, just being himself. Another Sly moment I've always loved is the Saturday Night Live Orange Julius skit. Um, I love Orange Julius. I think everybody does. But I love how Sly reinvents himself even more here. You'll never see this again. It's a one-time gem that makes me respect his ability and charms even more. And today's number one should have been Oscar performance goes to... Drum roll, please. Get Carter the rooftop scene. This scene speaks for itself. These two together on screen are amazing. This is Sly at his most vulnerable. I cry buckets every time I watch this part of the movie. If you haven't seen this movie, I won't ruin it for you. But this has to be some of the best acting on film I have ever seen. If this doesn't say Oscar worthy, then nothing does. Fabulous remake probably one of the most underrated best remakes of all time so i want to thank slycast jeff um craig jeff jeff and mike <laughs> for inviting me on for this i love you guys and can't wait for some specialist i was hoping there would be some oscar worthy judge dread in here but that's something i think i'll save for another time love it's been a fantastic life. I, I really started off with very, very few physical attributes, but I, I knew I wanted to be better than I was. And I was just looking for a, a, an outlet, a, a, an example. And believe it or not, when they say that films don't influence people's behavior, that's not true. And I did walk into the theater and saw Steve Reeves. It changed my life. I went outside and started lifting everything I could. Like, you know, I'm telling you, it was, it was, it was truly a, a seminal moment in my life. And, and if I hadn't have ever seen that film, I wouldn't be here today.